price-gouging duopolies, robo-debt, the PwC tax scandal, just a few of the pretty serious ethical failures that have emanated from our business and government institutions in recent times. I'm sure you can think of a few more too. Perhaps you've been directly or indirectly impacted by them. Suffice to say, our trust in public institutions and corporations has plummeted. But would a National Ethics Institute help restore your faith? The Ethics Centre, the University of New South Wales, the University of Sydney, have made a joint submission to Treasurer Jim Chalmers ahead of the May budget. They've asked for $30 million in federal grants to create such a body. How will it work? Dr. Simon Longstaff is the Executive Director of the Ethics Centre, one of the people driving this plan. Good afternoon to you, Simon. This uh, Good afternoon, Andy. It's got me thinking, really, you know, the cynic mm-hmm. in me is going, how has it taken, how's it, have things <laughs> must have gotten so bad that we need another institution to help us in society to do the right thing? Why do we need an Australian Ethics Institute and what would it do? Well, some of the most profound challenges we face into the future are ethical questions. And you've listed some of the things that have gone wrong, but even if we don't look at those, we look at AI, we look at biotechnology, there's a whole range of things, insurance, where these very profound ethical questions that affect the lives of ordinary Australians have got to be answered. At the moment, we send legal questions to the Australian Law Reform Commission, we send economic questions to the Productivity Commission, and in Australia, there is simply nowhere to send those sorts of ethical questions for a national conversation. That's the first of the job of this of this new institute we're proposing. The second is to kind of rebuild the ethical infrastructure of Australia because, as you pointed out, we're just in a very bad spot where all of our institutions have lost trust more or less at the same time, precisely when they're needed. Now, there are lots of accountability mechanisms which have been brought in, brilliant things like the NAC. What we want to do is to go beyond these hygiene measures and actually improve the capacity of good decision-making because that's ultimately what flows down into things like the prices people pay for their, their groceries and energy and things and a whole host of issues that touch ordinary people during their daily lives. I think you're right. It does have this sort of uh, multi-dimensional facet to Australian life, and I can see the case that you're mounting that w- w- it's obviously missing. You've gathered an extraordinary cross-section of people, businesses, and organisations backing this groups mm. and people that really do have very different ideologies. What is it about this plan that appeals to all of them uh, in, in a unified sense? Well. You're right. One of the most gratifying things about the process of consultation in which we've been engaged can be seen in the fact that three normally quite divergent organisations have come together around this. The ACTU uh, with Sally McManus, Brand Black at the Business Council of Australia and, and his president supporting that, and of course Cassandra Goldie from ACOS looking after some of the most disadvantaged people in the country. And they disagree about almost everything except this. And that's because despite ideology, despite different interests that they care for, they all recognise that the loss of trust in Australia is costing everybody in terms of the opportunities we're missing. And it's not about sort of fixing everything that's just broken, but it's also about seizing the opportunity. Three years ago, um, Deloitte Access Economics, after answering the question about whether ethics has any impact on the economy at all, found that if you just improved 10% 10% in Australia. So don't, we don't have to be perfect. Well, no one's aiming for that. Just get 10% better. That measure alone would generate an additional $45 billion each and every year. That's $450 billion in 10 years to be shared across the Australian community. 
And you can see how that's reflected in improved wages, better returns for investors. Everybody wins on this because of the dividends from trust. And so everybody's coming together across the political spectrum. It's one of the most heartening and exciting things I've actually seen in my career. I suppose the thing I can't understand, you mentioned we have the Productivity Commission, which mm-hmm. ultimately delivers economic uh, data or crunches economic data to deliver uh, advice. Uh, you have the NAC, which makes and will, will make uh, findings of uh, allegations around corruption. These are all mm-hmm. very de- determinable kind of outcomes. How can we, uh, when, when it comes to an ethics centre, what will be the, the, the output, uh, you know, a yes or no on a project going ahead? Is that no, the kind it's of idea? No it's, no, it's not really. And, and we don't want this to be part of government like those other ones. I mean, they're independent, but we think to enjoy the trust of the community, you want to be able to have something which is truly independent. So the model we're following is the same one that was used to establish the Grattan Institute, which also received a one-off grant and then matched that with privating you know, from the private sector. And so it stands on its own two feet and people can say, well, it's going to say what it really thinks. We think to deal with the issues we face, we need something similar. And how you'll measure its performance, it's not going to be there like some kind of moral policeman. But if a if a really big question, you take something like insurance, okay, so... Everybody sort of needs it, but at the moment in health insurance, there is the technical capacity to price to the level of the individual genome. Now, we we could do that, but that sort of destroys the idea of insurance as we understand it, where risk is shared. And you've got people at the moment, often very poor people, who are living in areas where they're susceptible to flood and to bushfire. Now, do we leave them there? Do we try and have a pool so they can afford to be insured? Again, very profound questions. And what we'd want to do is use the Institute to engage in a conversation with the whole of the Australian public and not say, well, here's the answer, but say, here's how we can think about it in a way that the community will actually trust. And governments or others that might send references to this Institute, they may not accept it. I mean, you just reported a moment ago about findings on the news around long-term COVID. They'll accept some, they won't accept others. But at least the public will know that this has been done well and they can trust the recommendations that are being made. To the best of my knowledge, there isn't a working example of this concept anywhere else in the world. And I'm heartened to see that the plan is for this to not be based in Canberra, to be kind of Mm -mm. caught up in the Canberra bubble, another uh, think tank with papers maybe gathering dust. This idea is to be in the community, these nodes. What, What do you mean by these nodes? Well, this has got to be national. And it also has to actually amplify what's already being done, not replace it or displace it by a giant bureaucracy. So it's going to have a small hub um, based in Sydney. And then these nodes will be areas of expertise which are located in every state and territory. People who really understand an issue, whether it's everything from military ethics to the ethics of oceans and the environment to things like animal and agriculture, those sorts of things. So it's really grounded in day-to-day experience that affect people in their lives, in small business and even in big corporations and government. And then what we'll do is draw on all of that and tie it together. I mean, just one example, uh, I've done a lot of work in my career with the military, you know, preparing people for deployment to places overseas and they are magnificent at managing risk and high performance. Well, what would it be like if you drew on some of those insights, say, for the Institute of Sport. I mean, there's a, an initiative at the University of Canberra around sports ethics. What if they could talk to each other and you could leverage that so that everybody learns? There's so many ways we can improve the lessons and get better outcomes for all Australians. And as I said, with that economic account, it sounds like it's too good to be true. 
In fact, this is true. It's one of those things which is actually true. The evidence is there that we all benefit from it, not just economically, but also socially. Lastly, of course, we're in the middle of a cost of living crisis. Mm. How do you think you're going to convince the government to pony up $33 million for an ethics institute in this sort of climate? Well, the first thing is the first politician to take all of this really seriously was in fact Jim Chalmers, who's now treasurer. And he's the one that got us to do a second report to exactly look at what you do from which this idea has come to to lift that 10%. So I know that Jim Chalmers has got a really fundamental understanding of the economics, that this is an investment which produces a huge dividend and he really respects the economists behind this. But the more important thing, and you touched on it, I think when you were alluding to the report from Alan Fells, which he spoke to in the press club last week, is in the middle of a cost of living crisis, not everything that's driving that is from overseas. And a lot of it is under our control. You might have a small business who's getting whacked with exorbitant price increases by somebody who shows no ethical restraint. They just go for whatever they can get away with. And yes, regulators can do a certain amount, but that feeds through into the prices that people have to experience, whether they're buying stuff in the shops or through utilities they consume. And if you could just improve the extent to which people exercise some ethical restraint with regard for others, which this institute will do, it'll build capacity to understand how to do this, then that will actually translate into the very thing that's worrying us most at the moment. Fundamental, basic things like a cost of living crisis, whether it's rents, food or other things, when people just don't show that restraint, we all pay too much and particularly the people who are most vulnerable. Such a noble idea. I'm excited to see uh, how this uh, progresses. Executive Director of the Ethics Centre, Dr Simon Longstaff. Good to talk to you. Good afternoon to you. Thanks, Andy. ABCRN helps you understand the world. Find more of our stories on the ABC Listen app.